Just want to thank everybody for making the time and, and being up here. And, uh, you know, Global Bitcoin Fest, we started about a year ago. And basically, we were plebs from all over the world. And, and basically, we do this in as mainly for fun as a decentralized kind of way to uh, keep track of what every community around the world is doing in terms of Bitcoinization and how they're adopting Bitcoin. And so, um, you know, uh, the very first event that we hosted was uh, uh, to celebrate El Salvador's uh, Bitcoin um, adoption on September 7th. And uh, we did a 24-hour kind of space space-a-thon or Bitcoin-a-thon. <laughs> and, um, and, and then we took a break. Then uh, we, we sort of restarted it with, uh, um, and we've been doing like one country per week. You can think of... Uh, Global Bitcoin Fest as a as a bit of like Lonely Planet, where we're taking a trip into the country and finding out a little bit more about what you know how Bitcoin's doing in that country, who's participating, a little bit of its history, and then sort of how it's developed over time and where it is today. This is a, this is all about you, about hearing your story, about um, um, seeing what's happening in in the ground, both positive and negative, and how Bitcoin is uh, being adopted in, in Australia. It's it's all about the country. It's all about you and your stories. Uh, today, it's uh, myself and Luke uh, co-hosting. I'm Jaime Garcia. I'm, I'm Salvadorian Canadian, and I've been a Bitcoiner uh, for a little bit now. I'm I'm, I'm a newer, relatively newer Bitcoiner. Lucas, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over to you, and then maybe uh, Luke, you can introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm super excited about this space about Australia. I'm a fairly new Bitcoiner. Um, I really grew to be a maxi in these spaces last year, early last year, and uh, I really fallen in love with listening to. Bitcoiners all over the world every week. Um, so, um, lacking a business to contribute to Bitcoin, uh, this is my contribution to Bitcoin while I'm thinking what I could do else. So, um, yeah, handing over to you, Luke. Yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm very Australian, uh, as the accent probably gives it away. Uh, I was born and raised in Australia for 25 years. Uh, I have just gone down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I left Australia in 2022, earlier this year, and now I just kind of travel the world. Um, I have a couple of jobs that keeps me busy on my laptop, so I'm lucky enough to just visit Bitcoin citadels around the world and talk to amazing Bitcoiners online like you guys in Twitter spaces. So um, obviously, I'm on, on, the, on the old work account, Coinbase, we're very interested in spreading Bitcoin-only education all around the world. So we always love to engage with... Bitcoin communities all around the world and, you know, get to meet them and see what's going on um, in all avenues around the world because I think, like, Bitcoin Bitcoin media is very focused on just what's happening in the West, especially in America, but we don't get to hear about what's happening in El Salvador, Latin America, or Africa. So um, I, l I love to 
hear about what's going on in Bitcoin communities all around the world. Happy to be here. From there. So, Stephen, uh, I I know that you're under the uh, Perth uh, Baseball Club uh, handle today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks. Uh, my name, yeah, my name's Stephen. I'm the uh, the chief executive of the uh, the Perth Heat baseball team. Um, and in November, we became uh, the first team in world sport to begin operate uh, to begin operating on a Bitcoin standard. So um, it's been really exciting uh, to lead from the front um, and, and use the sport of baseball um, and our organisation. Uh, can, to continue educating you know, the world on, on, on Bitcoin. So uh, our, our journey is really young, um, but it's yeah, been really cool to see that you know, someone like the famed uh, New York Yankees, um, you know, eight months after we announced um, or made our announcement that yeah, they finally uh, also announced that uh, yeah, there's a, a partner with NYDIG uh, on a Bitcoin savings plan for their employees. So uh, yeah, it's good to see um you know, what Perth Heat are doing has now been replicated by some of the biggest sports teams in the world, um, albeit on a smaller scale. But, uh, yeah, Perth Heat are all, all in on, on Bitcoin. So, um, yeah, we're really excited uh, by the projects that we've got coming forward um, and how we can um, continue to educate the world on, on Bitcoin through sport. Uh, sometimes I think, you know, we get very, very caught up on uh, these Twitter spaces or just on Twitter in general or, or um, you know, at conferences, um, you know, we need to take uh, the education away from these places and uh, be able to connect with the communities in, in different formats and educate um, you know, in, in different ways. And we think by what we can do at the ballpark, um, you know, we've got a, a really special opportunity to, to, to do that. So uh, come our season in October, we're, um, yeah, we'll be launching quite a few different initiatives which will uh, you know, certainly transform how sport is seen um, but also how communities and fans can uh join uh yeah a, a broadcast or a game um use, using bitcoin which is uh it will be quite revolutionary thanks Stephen. i appreciate the uh the introduction and uh stefan you're, you're next uh yeah tell us a little bit about yourself thanks mate yeah sure so i am uh, i was into austrian economics and bitcoin and libertarianism and that's how i got into bitcoin i was living in australia for about 30, 32 years. Uh, and in terms of what I do now, I host a podcast. I interview people who are in the Bitcoin world as well as talking about economics. Uh, I also work at Swan Bitcoin where people can buy Bitcoin, learn about Bitcoin. I also write for Bitcoin Magazine and I also invest in Bitcoin companies as part of Bitcoiner Ventures. So I'm now based in Dubai in the UAE, but uh, obviously I was raised in Australia and only I left there about a year ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, happy to chat and thanks for inviting me. Thanks, Stefan. Um, Ozzy, you're next uh, on my screen. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just your everyday pleb. I started in this space about six years ago. Since then, I've begun home mining and looking at um, starting my own operation. I teach teens and onboard them into Bitcoin and help them out, buy them the Bitcoin standard, give them sats and wallets. And it went from one team just asking me to explain Bitcoin one day to over 300 now. So, yeah, that's what makes me happy is showing these, our future, like where it's at. Thanks, Ozzy. And I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, T-Bone. You're next on my list. G'day. Uh, thank you, Jaime. Um, so I'm T-Bone, um, 
at the moment, I basically just troll through Twitter and find posts that people are doing of meat or steak, and I approve them. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I, I kind of want to redirect my efforts in the future and uh, try and generalize a little bit more and um, look at a sort of a self-sovereign picture as far as meat is concerned and uh, try and promote um, the idea of not only being self-sovereign with your money um, in Bitcoin, but uh, making sure that, uh, you know, we can feed ourselves for the long term. So um, at the moment, I'm a little bit back and forward from Australia and El Salvador, um, which is kind of difficult geographically. But, um, yeah, hopefully I can uh, spend most of my time over in at least Latin America. Thanks, T-Bone. Uh, Bitcoin Koala, how are you? Um, it's uh, it's your turn. Oh, hey, you guys. Hope you can hear me okay. I've got my headset in. So, yeah, basically, I'm a koala. I live up in a tree. And when I get aggro, aggro I just become a drop and drop down on people, basically. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been in, been in, um, uh, been in, I was a YouTuber back in 2017. I got into Bitcoin. Well, back, back then was crypto. And then a few years later, discovered uh, the orange field and just went heavy into Bitcoin. And I'm a family man. I've got a young family. I've got a fiat job. I work in a hospital, like, pr pretty much all the time. And I just stack. And I just stack as much as I can, really. Um, I love interacting with the Australian Bitcoin community and Bitcoin plebs on Twitter, you know, when I can. And, yeah, just, just love being here and just watching the space grow, really. It, guys. Thanks, Koala. Um, Wizard, you're next. The mic is yours. Thanks, man, and thanks for the invite. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit older than most. I guess I've raised a family and built a business and closer to 60 than I am 50. Um, uh, help run the Brisbane Bitcoin meetup uh, where I live and um, Organise the Bitcoin bush bashes, which we hold three times a year, maybe four times a year this year. Um, yeah, great to uh, great to be here. Thanks, Wizard. Um, and then we have Katan. Katan, the mic is yours. G'day. Uh, my name is Katan. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm the co-founder of Ministry of Nodes, which is basically a, an educational effort um, that. You know, we've got a YouTube channel that basically teaches you how to run your own node, hold your own keys, um, and a bit of privacy best practices when it comes to Bitcoin. So we're there to just educate um, as many people as possible. Um, yeah, I got into Bitcoin. Oh, <laughs> Stefan actually got me into Bitcoin um, back in 2013, uh, and I am forever grateful. So thank you. Perfect. And, and last but not least, we've got Pleb. Pleb, tell us who you are. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, I'm just a random Pleb that happened to, uh, to Orange Bill, uh, a gentleman that was the chief executive officer of a baseball team. And then I realized that it would be a lot more work if we put the baseball team on a Bitcoin standard and they would need someone to help them get them through that, uh, being a small to, uh, to mid-sized organization. So now I'm in charge of uh, making sure that the Bitcoin baseball team uh, can actually function on a Bitcoin standard. And that comes with a whole set of uh, of its own issues, which are different than all the personal ones, but it's been fun and uh, just glad to be here. 
Perfect. Thanks, everybody. So here's how we're going to do things, okay? So but the first phase, really, it's turning it over to you to tell us your Genesis story, to tell us your your Bitcoin story in your country. How did it come about? You know, like, you know, I'm, obviously, lots of people are familiar with Australia. But, uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit. Um, and I'm going to leave it up to you. You all know how it spaces works so jump in this is your space and this is the aussie space so um so yeah go for it stefan uh put your hand down jump in sure okay so look i can share a couple insights about at least what it was like when i first got into bitcoin in 2013 in terms of the australian scene there was there were some bitcoin meetups so there was bitcoin sid and that was actually where first i met uh Hass mccook and john pratt and a few other few other people i think uh, and so the scene then was all people were trying to do the whole merchant adoption thing, right? And this was around the world, right? So people were trying to get bars or restaurants to take Bitcoin. And this was like totally new. People would have a small amount on their phone. And I remember there was a hotel, uh, like a pub in Sydney who were taking Bitcoin payment. And so they organized a big day and I would try to orange pill some of my family and say, Hey, come along and we'll spend a little bit of Bitcoin and buy you a drink or food and stuff. And those are some of the early experiences. And I remember there were some early conferences. There was one called Bitcoin Bar Camp. And so that one was put on as kind of like an unconference where they did some small things. And this is back in 2013 and stuff like that. Um, and, and then there were, you know, obviously everything around Bitcoin, Bitcoin wasn't as good then as well. So that was something I think the, the message was all about, Hey, do everything medium of payments. There was almost no awareness around this idea of, Hey, what's a better money? Why is it a better money? Um, I think that came later, uh, and so when you would go to these meetups, oftentimes there'd be a mix, a wild mix of people. So some of them would be like all these sort of TA people. And so that was a weird thing where you would go to these meetups and certain people would be all about TA. There wasn't as much of a, a culture and an understanding about, hey, hodling and, you know, uh, privacy and security and running your own Bitcoin node and all these kinds of things. And so that's a little bit of my uh, insight that I can share in terms of what it was like in 2013 in, in the Australian Bitcoin scene. And uh, I'll let someone else jump in now and add, add on to that. Yeah, I'll add on to that, Stefan. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't nearly as early as Stefan, um, but I guess <clears throat> one of the interesting things in Australia with Bitcoin is that it's considered a, <clears throat> a barterable asset. So it's not money, it's not currency. Um, it's treated as a capital good, so it attracts capital gains tax with a very interesting carve-out. So if you buy Bitcoin for spending, um, conference tickets, T-shirts, um, or whatever it is that you want to buy, uh, up to $10,000 a year, is the sale of it is untaxed. So it's a very interesting middle road between the US where uh, and the UK, I think, um, where every single Bitcoin transaction, as far as the taxes, uh, tax authorities is concerned, is a taxable event. And uh, say El Salvador, where it's legal tender, um, and by definition, uh, no transaction is uh, taxable in terms of capital, uh, capital interest. Hey, guys, I'd just like to acknowledge uh, Parman, who just uh, joined us. Parman, welcome uh, um, as part of the guest. 
And uh, yeah, it's what you know. We're we're talking about just like you know the I call it the genesis story of how like Bitcoin sort of got started in Australia. But uh, but you know before you can weigh in on on that, Parman, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself uh, briefly, and then uh, and then if you have anything to add to that, uh, you know, history of Bitcoin in Australia, you can do so at that point. Uh, well, I don't want to say too much about myself in the public space, but I, I'll just say I've been uh, introduced to Bitcoin in 2017, right after the um, the block size war. I missed all that. Really disappointed, but I read about it. It was interesting. Um, and I, 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 as far as Australia goes, I think all I've seen is the recent um, – um, conferences, the Bush bashes. I never ended up getting to one, but I've been sort of helping out and seeing what's going on. Um, and we have local meetups in various states, and I go to the one in Melbourne every now and then. So, so I'm I'm wondering. So, way back in the day, like how how would people find out about this in in Australia? Like, what was it? You know. It, very similar to what was happening in North America and Europe, which is like, you know, really just uh, sectioned off to like cypherpunks and just, you know, OGs from, from the programming and sort of libertarian um, groups of society. Or or was there anything in particular in Australia that, uh, that you know, that set it apart? Yeah, but I think, I think um, I mean, at least my experience of it is a lot of people read a news article, they might hear about it on the news and from there they might do a little bit of research and so typically what i found is when i was at the meetups and helping new people i'd ask them hey how did you find us and some of them were just people who were just looking on the meetup app and just looking what what meetups are on tonight and i'm just going to go to that and then there were other people who were more into like crypto trading and stuff like that obviously i don't encourage that but that's where some people came in uh and then yeah so people who were early early like earlier than me earlier than 2013 those were typically people who like very online cypherpunks or libertarian people uh but i think in terms of the australian scene it's probably yeah people came in just through hearing about it on the news and maybe searching a little bit and going to a meetup and, and then yeah either just online things like uh, bitcoin talk forum bitcoin reddit because that was reddit very was much massive. a thing yeah Hey, this is a good chance for me to thank you, Stefan, because when I came in 2017, I realized I missed a lot. And I went back and I listened to 200 of your episodes, one after the other, until I became current. And I felt I really catched up and I felt that uh, I started following the, uh, the right people. And I wasn't even in Twitter before that until I listened to your guests and they were all giving their Twitter handles. And that's how I got into it. So a lot of thanks to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just follow that up as well in terms of the uh, the Bitcoin baseball team. And uh, yeah, thanks Stefan Levera uh, for his since last year. He was a uh, an incredible uh, contact that uh, yeah certainly helped Patrick and myself yeah navigate um, our our, uh, our start date and uh, in in terms of introducing us to uh, yeah, not only people within Australia but uh, yeah globally. Um, I think yeah, Stefan, no, no doubt, has been a, an incredible educational person and uh, support for uh, for Bitcoin in Australia, and uh, yeah, should be applauded for uh, the amount of time he devotes to people, uh, the energy he gives to people, and 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 also um, yeah, just for his ability to listen and and help. So Stefan, we're forever grateful for uh, 
uh, the connection we've had with uh, with you. And uh, yeah, thank, thanks for your help, mate. It's been it's been awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. That's really cool to hear. And uh, yeah, great to finally meet you online, Parman. Uh, and thank you, Stephen. I have to actually say, I think if you put the Australian Bitcoiners in terms of educators up there against any other country, I think we're doing pretty well. Properly orange-pilled me and took me down all sorts of multi-sig and running a node rabbit holes. And then you've got Katan and Stefan over at Ministry of Nodes. And then you've got Wiz running the uh, Bitcoin meetup in Brisbane. Therefore, of probably some of the best Bitcoin educators in the space. So I think if there's some sort of class of Bitcoin teachers, I think Australia would do pretty well. Thanks, mate. We had some good times with multi-sig, didn't we? Oh, mate, I'm sorry. I must have killed so many of your brain cells. The question, if I go back and read some of the questions I said to you, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I should have written them down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for putting up with me. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, other than the meetups and, and Twitter, was there any other way that you guys were coordinating uh, knowledge sharing? I'd say Telegram is another common one. Because basically the way, I mean, this is probably a common setup now in most cities. Most cities, they have a Bitcoin meetup and a Telegram, an associated Telegram chat. And so I think that's also where the ongoing discussion and chat amongst the community tends to go. At least I would say from about 2017, 2018 onwards, um, whereas historically, you know, it, it's really shifted, right, where the discussion was, right? In the early, early days, it was like mailing with stuff like pre-me, then it was Bitcoin talk, then it was Bitcoin Reddit. And there was an Australian Bitcoin Reddit, but it wasn't as, you know, obviously not as um, active as the main R slash Bitcoin. And then, yeah, I would say from kind of 2017, 18 onwards, a lot of the meetup groups had their Telegram chats. And of course, as we all know, there's been a lot of random altcoin shilling in those chats as well. But nevertheless, we managed to get a Bitcoin only scene and uh, drive the Bitcoin only uh, message a bit more. So I think Telegram chats are the other aspect of it, as well as, you know, the occasional conference or small events here and there. Um, and there was also this Bitcoin Australia thing, which unfortunately turned into a bit of a blockchain and altcoin thing as well. Um, but I guess to their credit, they did help with some of the early issues in Bitcoin um, in Australia. So for example, there was this infamous, what was known as double GST. So back in you know 2013 and 14, this was like an issue because whenever anyone wanted to spend Bitcoin, I can't remember the exact details of it, but there was basically a, weird, a funny application of GST. Uh, and so they actually did get that changed. So to their credit, that's one thing they did do well. Um, but then unfortunately, I think the that that industry group sort of became more like uh, trying to make shitcoins not be securities. And so that was kind of there. Uh, and that kind of parallels what you see in the US and other places as well. Stefan, just a clarification, a GST is a general sales tax. It's kind of like a, like a, like a federal tax that uh, applied on sales. Yes, so GST, uh, goods and services tax, introduced by John Howard. But anyway, the point of it was that when you spent Bitcoin, you you had to also pay, it was like also a fee. Um, I can't remember the exact details. Maybe someone else can um, clarify for me. But I remember that, that was something in Australia, in, like particular to us, um, that kind of happened there. 
Um, and there was also, I don't know, maybe one of the Queenslanders can tell us about that. Isn't there that town that there's like a lot of people who all spend Bitcoin? And unfortunately, there was like a bit of a Bcash thing there too. But still, there was like people spending Bitcoin. Um, and also, actually, I think Bitcoin Lightning, um, Wallet of Satoshi, uh, they did one of the first Bitcoin Lightning in-person transactions uh, in the world. So one of you guys might want to talk about that. Yeah, the um, uh, the guys at Wallet of Satoshi. Um, so Wallet of Satoshi run by the same guys who run Living Room of Satoshi, um, <clears throat> and they've been around since about the time you got into Bitcoin, I think, Stefan, or very shortly after. So they they provide the ability to pay uh, pretty much any bill, including, ironically, tax bills, um, using Bitcoin and Lightning. So very early Lightning adopters and also then built that out into uh, Wallet of Satoshi. Um, I've got a guest with me here who's just arrived, um, known to many of you, Hass McCook. Um, and Hass actually remembers, Stefan, about um, the double tax, the double GST treatment. So originally how it was going to work, it was just like when you go buy a kilo of tomatoes, you pay 10% GST. It was going to be when you go stack a sat, it's going to be 10% GST on the on the sat. What it ended up being was a 10% GST on the brokerage fee you were charged to stack that sat. So thankfully, that was a, a bullet dodged uh, uh, by all of us and allowed us to, to stack uh, at, at a minimum 10% more sats. So that's how that uh, that's how the GST uh, episode ended up panning out. So we now pay a brokerage fee to pay our satoshis, and then we pay a tax on the brokerage fee. When was this? Uh, twenty early twenty fourteen. Yeah, it lasted for about two years, didn't it? Took a, took a couple of couple of sessions before that got. Not resolved. sure if it lasted two years, but the, the <clears throat> final resolution was we're only going to charge you tax on the brokerage fee. You yeah. get to keep your Bitcoins and then we'll just charge you an even bigger tax. When uh, you sell. A capital gains tax uh, yeah. when you sell. Yeah. And a GST on that brokerage as well when you sell. So capital <laughs> gains tax and uh, GST uh, to boot. So they really love their taxation uh, here surprise. in Australia. It's a, it's a national sport of ours. It's such a surprise, isn't it, Hass? Bitcoin fixes this. Eventually. So I know that uh, uh, an ETF has been approved uh, in Australia just recently. Like, is it a Bitcoin-friendly environment? I know that, Stefan, maybe you, you, you have some insights on that, but others as well? I, I mean, I, I think Australia is actually probably one of the more friendly Western countries towards Bitcoin. So I know we've got a spot ETF. I think there's actually multiple uh, different ETFs um, available to buy on your brokerage accounts. Um, and then obviously I saw um, I saw somebody pushing a bill uh, to try to pass some friendly mining regulation as well. Um, and then the largest bank in Australia, Commonwealth Bank, who houses like 25% of Australia's population. So like they have about 6 million Australian customers. I think in late 2021, they announced uh, a plan to roll out some sort of scheme to allow Australians to buy Bitcoin in the Commonwealth Bank app. I I'm not sure how far that's gone. I haven't really kept my finger on the pulse, but if I were to... It's on break hold. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's, it, like, the, um, like the Celsius withdrawals, mate, it's uh, temporarily suspended. It's um, <clears throat> the, the timing of the 
we're going to add shit coins into our banking app was at the absolute market peak. And uh, now, now that uh, now that we're back into the um, the other part of the cycle, uh, they've they've temporarily suspended it. Um, yeah, so it'll be a while, I suspect. Well, that definitely must kind of show their true intentions of what they're planning on rolling out. They must have been planning on rolling out an absolute casino of shit coins and just profiting off the fees. But I, I still 100%. think Australia probably fares better than, especially Europe and China. I mean, we haven't seen any draconian bans on Australia on you know Bitcoin usage in Australia yet. So I, I think Australia fares okay. Does anybody know if there's any talk of? you know, potentially removing capital gains taxes or anything like that on, on Bitcoin holdings in Australia anytime soon? But Only no. when I'm sleeping and have those dreams. No, I don't think there's anything on the horizon at this point, Luke. If we do a little research, contacting super funds, trying to know, uh, just going talking to T-Bone and Parman previously about self-custody, um, having your own sort of, managing your own super fund. But I've been doing a lot of research, you're trying to contact super funds, and there's one that's close in Australia to where they're able to, um, where you have to have your wages, your super contributions go, and they can sort of diversify um, into Bitcoin. That's still early days yet, so I'm, I'm just waiting for a super fund that's able to do that. Um, yeah. Still, the option here in Australia where you can have your own sort of super fund and run it yourself. Um, I believe you've got to be diversified in that as well, having one other asset class, maybe gold or something like that. But still, early days there. Have the various governments um, understood Bitcoin or, or, or largely ignorant to it? And so they're just not really dealing with it. What's kind of your perspective on that? So from my understanding, they are, I would say they're relative, like rel compared to other governments worldwide, they're probably on the relatively savvy side in some ways. So for example, they were talking to Bitcoin experts and things like that. I won't dox too much, but they do talk to Bitcoin experts here and there around things like, uh, not not that we like this, but they will go and do sort of chain surveillance on people. Uh, they are sort of savvy in that sense. Um I think, though, the broader understanding around, like, Bitcoin being good, that's probably a point where, you know, there's still a lot more education required. That said, there are some politicians and some people who have made, uh, you know, I guess broadly, uh, not, again, I don't, I'm not endorsing this, but they'll say stuff very kind of pro-crypto, say, um, and hopefully with time more the education gets there and they start to orange pill and see, hey, this would actually be really good for everyone if we actually uh, endorsed or supported Bitcoin in a better way. There was some hearing where these politicians invited uh, the various crypto exchanges and had to hear what they had to say. Um, and there was uh, one Bitcoiner and the rest of the shitcoiners. Um, and in the end, it was a Andrew Bragg, I think was his name, and he released some document and kind of ignored a lot of things that were recommended to him. And, and he started talking about central bank digital currencies, which was uh, really disappointing to read. And I think that's his intentions. 
from memory, was that the meeting where was it the um, owner and founder of the exchange, Bitteru, who gave that really good speech on on yeah, Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Somebody. So he was the only one standing up for Bitcoin, and the rest of them were just trying to promote their interests. Um, and yeah, Ethan was the one defending Bitcoin, but it's, I don't think I don't know how far he got because after reading that document by Andrew Bragg and his recommendations, it's just sounded nonsense. Yeah, the thing the thing to remember is that you know Senator Bragg was a uh, is a is a politician, so you know has a political agenda to drive. Um, and I'd suggest that the you know the report from the Senate Finance Committee, which was what uh, Senator Bragg's committee published um, that will probably uh, sit on the shelf now because that was done under the prior government and there's been a change of government so now we'll be um, <clears throat> back into stasis and uh, possibly the new government will um, will have another inquiry or uh, do another review and um, consider some more stuff but yeah the the general population like how, how does the the average Aussie sort of like get informed about Bitcoin? Do, is there a general awareness or or is there still kind of like you know like you know a, a lack of understanding of what it is that it is available and so on? Yeah, the the average Aussie listens to mainstream media and gets a Bitcoin news when it comes from there, and most people, uh, most people don't have heard about it, but they are against it. Yeah, yeah it's kind of seen like a gambling thing. I think it's seen as like a you know. And in fairness, Australia has a bit of a gambling culture. People like to have a punt, and so I think quote-unquote crypto is seen like that a little bit there are a few people who are sort of deeply have gone down that rabbit hole of like actually understanding and that's just like the rest most of the world it's like that um that said you know there are pockets of people trying to do the right thing and trying to educate and get get the word out there but it takes time to get through and here's the other point i'll add is that in the western world in australia we have that or Pay ID. So basically, they don't see the payment use case that much because they already have instant payments. And most Australians who have Australian banking apps, they can just make instant payments. So for them, they have never been shot out. Exceptions. Uh, they haven't been inconvenienced by the slow processing times. They generally speaking get stuff working for them. So they don't think about the aspect of. Um, being able to transact, you know, in a permissionless way, unless they've been shut down or asked, you know, now occasionally here and there, you'll get a story where someone says, Hey, you're asking all these questions and it's my money. Why don't you let me withdraw my money and that kind of thing. But for the most part, they're still asleep and they don't see the need for Bitcoin. Uh, and inflation is rising, but it's not high enough yet that most people care, I think. Right. I, I mean, and, and, and I would say that like, it's very similar to, to, Canada like our financial infrastructure is is one such that like if you show somebody a transaction on, on lightning they'll think oh that's cool but like I I got my debit card and it taps and you know so so they don't they don't really see like a benefit and and then while inflation is kind of getting out of hand here uh, they they don't uh, a lot of people still don't know you know, and, and they, they really do not understand 
the you know what bitcoin is and and how money works right and so i think it's it's, it's not just a, a lack of understanding in in one particular country i think it's worldwide yeah uh go ahead luke yeah i, I think in particular with australians the the very few Australians that do see the need that they actually need to invest their money, they obviously eat the propaganda that's fed by the mainstream media outlets in Australia that, you know, houses is, you know, there's nothing as safe as brick and mortar and, you know, houses never go down in price. I think Australia was one of the very few countries that didn't have a recession in the 2008 global financial crisis. I think we went something like 27 or 28 years without a recession for the whole 2020 uh, government government enforced lockdown recession. Um, so Australians are very privileged. Um, the very few who who do invest their money, they put it in houses. And I, I think Australia, we one of the only countries in the world that actually um, incentivizes people to go and buy homes with these first home buyer uh, government schemes, where the government will give people like twenty or thirty thousand dollars to go and buy a home um, if they have before in their life. So. I think, yeah, I, I think Australia is very, very privileged. Um, so I think we're probably even more privileged than a lot of the Western nations. So a, a lot of the people don't see the need for Bitcoin, but I think it's going to hit them like a ton of bricks pretty soon. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point, Luke. Um, that a lot of that we are we are particularly fortunate. I guess I push back slightly on Stefan's framing of um, people being asleep, in the sense that. <clears throat> um, Australian does Australia does have a pretty good payments infrastructure. So um, I can transfer money to Stefan or to Aussie or to Armin or Catan, um, and they can be in different banks, and they will have that money less in under sixty seconds, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So all all the Australians who look at um, uh, at the horror stories, or what we th we consider horror stories, about oh, it takes three days to send money from you know one account to another in the US. We're just looking at that completely bemused, going, "What the fuck?" You know, just insane. So it, it's not so much that people are asleep; it's that the problem doesn't exist. That they they have or we ha we have working you know the existing legacy from a payments perspective is actually pretty efficient. So that's not to say that the underlying root issues of centralised control and censorship don't happen because they do. And um, a lot of us on, know, on here know people uh, who've been you know, adversely affected by that. But um, the, root, the root problem that, or the, the perception of payments as a problem is really not at the forefront. The strength of the property market in in Australia is is pretty significant and is strongly supported by the Reserve Bank um, and has been for a very long time. A um, little bit of a pushback there on incentives. Um, whilst Australia provides uh, from time to time first home buyers grants, which have the net effect of pushing the property price up, the flip in the US is that in the US the uh, interest on your mortgage is tax deductible um, and we don't have that here in Australia. So, you know, different jurisdictions do things in a different way. 
We do have that for investment properties only, just not your primary residence. And I want to add that I agree with you with um, pay payments. Bitcoin solves the problem of payments, but that's not an issue in Australia. The biggest issue for us and around the world too is um, our inability to save in good money. So that's what it's solving, but a lot of people don't see that that's a problem because inflation is stealing from us at just the right rate, um, 2 to 3% a year or maybe a little bit more. Uh, and so people are just accepting it as a normal thing because that's all they've seen their whole life. I just think that inflation's changing. I mean, everywhere around me at the moment, or people's ideals on inflation, they're waking up to it. Everyone's talking yeah, about it. Yeah, so it's not being ignored. So one thing that we've observed um, doing these spaces with um, different communities around the world is that where there is a presence of some really uh, strong, toxic, maximalist Bitcoiners, you get um, pretty strong communities to grow around that. And where there is maybe a bit more of a very humble attitude and um, people yeah, don't want to yell at each other too much, um, it, we tend to see that the communities um, haven't grown as strong. And um, my impression of the Australians that, that I've met is that it's, it's a, you guys, a lot of you, you know, we've interacted for over a year and um, yeah you can be pretty toxic from time to time so i imagine that that has helped grown bitcoin community in australia is is it true that the core is very strong and why are the australian uh, bitcoiners um, more toxic than i would say most other communities that that we've come across i would say comparable to the Netherlands. I mean, they're super hardcore toxic and maybe the French as well. I just want to uh, clarify for anyone listening that's new to the space, uh, Lucas is using the word toxic in uh, a positive light, despite its negative connotations. Exactly. I don't know. I think maybe one way is like as Australians, where maybe we're known for being a little blunt. I don't know. But you guys offer your own ideas as well. We even use the C word as a term of endearment to friends. <laughs> yeah, plain speaking, I think um, <clears throat> most people could subscribe uh, and uh, yeah, it gets, gets a bit blunt sometimes, but that's when people are just not listening and they need a bit of a, back about, a bash about the ears, eh? So a very straightforward culture. And would you say that you, um, you have grown a really strong core in Australia and has it also persisted now throughout the pandemic? Um, I mean, uh, the the news that came out of Australia maybe wasn't as bad on the ground, but I mean, the stuff we're seeing from from abroad was pretty terrifying. So um, I don't know if a lot of people have left and are like leaving for other communities. I think like Twitter Spaces when that came out in 2021, I, I think that kind of uh, I don't know. Uh, glued the Australian Bitcoiner community together. Uh, like, there's lots of people up on stage at the moment who I consider lifelong friends, and some of them I haven't even met in person yet, but I met most of them in Twitter spaces in 2021 because I think a lot of Australians in particular were a little bit shocked at how 
wild things got in 2020. Let's just keep it at that. But I think it was very nice to meet uh, a bunch of very like-minded people and um, come to the conclusion that we weren't actually alone in this kind of open air prison that was Australia. So, yeah, I would agree with you, Luke. I think uh, Twitter Spaces for Australia was great um, because it it was able to bring us all to the country where you know in certain parts your next door neighbour is like two hundred kilometres away. So to be able to sit here and speak openly and speak our mind together, it's been really valuable. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big place, and um, and uh, big shout out to Aussie for running so many spaces. I've met, um, well, met her and and so many other, so many other great Australian Bitcoiners as well. Just want to go back to um, a question that I had in my mind, and it's um, it's around mining. So I know that um, you know various jurisdictions are looking at mining as either you know. Um, trying to regulate it or trying to, you know, put a, uh, an ESG lens through it and, you know, just various different things uh, in terms of the perception and the regulation of, uh, of mining. How has Australia been uh, in regards to mining? I was speaking to someone uh, this week, actually, who's uh, more seriously involved and they were recently at an energy conference up in Queensland and he was there to talk about Bitcoin mining. All the rest of the conference participants were all energy producers from uh, from all spectrums, and all of them, all of them were talking about Bitcoin mining. And a large part of that was has been driven off the uh, visibility to what's happening in Texas and you know the load shedding that um, Bitcoin mining can bring, which drives uh, greater uh, energy production efficiency, and from that comes cost saving, um, which drives, of course, both price and profit. That's going to be really interesting when the energy producers get involved. I think when you start seeing the energy producers start using Bitcoin mining to offset things such as their you know, carbon emissions, I think then you kind of get this really strong lobbying force that can push for friendly regulations in Australia. I think that's that'll be a trend to certainly watch in 2022. It, it's already happening, Luke. So those those things are happening now and some of the producers are mining Bitcoin. Um, but that's obviously the, the small producers who are a bit more avant-garde and prepared to try something new. Um, the bigger players will, you know, like in most things, take a little bit more convincing. But when they come, they come with a bang. But Australia's energy market is definitely ripe for it. We have a <clears throat> we have a pretty high high level of renewables, um, which is great during the daytime uh, when it's sunny and windy. Power price in Queensland is negative, uh, which if you're a Bitcoin miner is pretty attractive. Um, but of course, you know when it's not sunny and it's not windy and it's dark. Um, and it's peak load time, and it's the middle of winter or the middle of summer, then, you know, base load rules supreme. And uh, there's, a f- there's a few harsh economic truths to, to roll out of that in Australia as there is everywhere else. Where is Australia today in terms of Bitcoinization? 
I just did a quick Google search and um, they said Australia's quote unquote crypto adoption is around 18%. So I, I'm not sure, but if I were to look at Australia and compare it to the other Western nations, I think we're doing a lot better than Europe. We're doing, I, I think we're probably ahead of the UK in terms of maybe Bitcoin adoption and, and maybe even fre- friendly laws and regulations. Um, I don't think there's a Western nation that's posing to be more friendly to Bitcoin than the US, um, although that might surprise a lot of people. But I, I think Australia overall, if you compare it to any Western nation, I think we're doing just fine. Yeah, look, I, I think it's tricky to uh, yeah compare nation to nation and, and what the percentage of uh, adoption is. I think 18%, one, one in five people probably sounds right. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll provide the context since uh, Perth had announced we're going on, on a Bitcoin standard and some of the conversations uh, with various stakeholders, um, you know, since early you know, 2021. And I, I've always felt that uh, once... We uh, started talking about what Perth Heat was about to do as 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 as, you know, as an organisation. I, I I could see that look of relief on people's face that um, it was like uh, they had been in, uh, doing their own education on Bitcoin or you know getting orange pilled or and having an organisation say that they were going down the Bitcoin path. They uh, felt relieved that it was okay to uh, to speak about it, to uh, be researching it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that yeah, you know, maybe they were no longer the uh, the, the crazy batshit uh, you know person on the uh, on the lunch table at Christmas, um, afraid to speak about it. So, um, yeah, you know, the more organisations we can have it, you know, coming out and uh, adopting Bitcoin, yeah, you know, yeah, the better it is for the community, um, and more people being uh, comfortable to come out and and, and themselves. So, um, yeah, certainly what, you know, the reaction we've seen from, from our members and fans has, has been positive and that's been really exciting. Can you describe that a bit more, the reaction that you've been getting? You, you can just tell in their face it's like, cool, okay. Uh, so this research I've been doing uh, is good then. And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's not to say that. Yeah, uh, overnight they're going to uh, become you know, Bitcoin maximalists or anything like that. But uh, yeah, it, whether it's yeah their curiosity or whether it's um, yeah w- w- their 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 own you know journey down the rabbit hole that that yeah they're they're feeling cool. I, I yeah what I, what I'm reading is good, um, and that, that that's that's been nice. And again, part of our journey is yeah you know, if we can um, yeah in, introduce it at a very um, simple level and that's fantastic and when they come into the ballpark um, and they understand that they can purchase a beer using bitcoin or you know sats that they don't have to have, have purchased a whole coin say um, and their, their, their education can start that way then that's that's really good i just still think there's a lot of people that think or feel they need you know thirty thousand dollars to um have some bitcoin yeah you know, that that conversation happens regularly and they go, well, no, just invest a couple of hundred dollars and, and, and start uh, start your journey that way. And they're like, oh, can I do that? It's like, yeah, of course you can. Um, so, yeah, that's that's where what we do at the ballpark will be really cool in terms of uh, introducing more people um, at a very yeah uh, low level um, so they can understand how they can transact uh, you know, with Bitcoin. I'm thinking that 
it could be quite telling how people reacted when you went from being a normal club, quote unquote, to being a Bitcoin club. Was there what what was the reactions, initial telling reactions that you thought were interesting? Uh, I'll look at that. There's been a, uh, yeah, a mixed uh, reaction, as, as you'd expect, because uh, there's those on the outside that, uh, that won't understand it. Uh, there's those on, on, on the outside that think it's some sort of um, you know, cheap publicity stunt. There's some on the outside that uh, will just uh, you know, shit-can the idea because you know, that's, you know, they'll, they'll do that with anything um, and, and, and don't understand uh, you know, the future of money or where, where we're heading. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, look at the reaction of our players. It's been wonderful. Um, and then there's those that have you know, wanted to know more, which has been awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, ha- has it been a positive reaction? Without doubt. Um, so we are really proud that, um, yeah, we've taken this step in this journey. Um, like we say, if not us, then who? Um, but, yeah, sport's got an incredible ability to, uh, you yeah, know, mass adopt people. Um, and, yeah, probably from, from our side of things, it was, yeah, it's – Given the season was shut down in Australia, the baseball season because of COVID, and um, yeah, Perth it couldn't uh, you know, compete nationally because you know the border closures, yeah, you know, with the rest of the country made it really difficult. So it was um, harder for us to explain and to educate as much as much as we would have liked to, um, yeah, you know, over the first four months of our journey. So um, yeah, you know, we missed that opportunity, but yeah, you know, we have had the uh, the chance to. In some ways, better prepare ourselves for the you know, for the season, which will start in October. I'm I'm curious. Um, what, what percentage of the uh, baseball players were orange pill before you guys made the announcement, and uh, how many of them have you converted uh, now today? Yeah, so our our, our roster, or our teams, yeah, very different to you know, say a traditional AFL team uh, because so many of our players uh, over fifty percent are imports that come in just for the season. So yeah, we've had we've had varying conversations with with players, yeah, across the uh, across the journey. Their reaction from the players has been good. I think you know they see what's happening happening internationally um, in major competitions around the world, be it the NBA, the NFL, etc. Um, and yeah, they understand you know low time preference and you know, making the most of uh, the opportunity they have in sport. You know, for that short period. So um, yeah, we're incredibly. Uh, proud of the way you know the whole organization has uh has taken this on board i'll be honest uh i i did not even know that there was a baseball culture in uh in, in baseball or in australia like i thought maybe cricket you know but let alone having a baseball professional league so i you know i was taken aback and in knowing that there is a professional uh, baseball league so so yeah it's it's been kind of a, a awakening in in, in that that you know, you guys are are on a big standard. It's it's uh, quite refreshing. Yeah, well, look, yeah, we've got we've yeah in thirty two years yeah of, of Perth Heat's existence, we've had thirty players who have played Major League Baseball. Um, we, we've got I think one of the best uh, relationships with an American sports team. Um, yeah, currently with with the Tampa Bay Rays. So um, yeah. The, the level of baseball here, it's one of the best winter leagues in the world. Um, but there's a lot of uh, assets to our organisation which allow us to help, you know, the global adoption. The rules attached with the Australian Baseball League aren't as strict as what they are, say, with the uh, 
the NFL or the uh, NBA. So, you know, we've got some real scope through assets such as our broadcast to be able to, you know, globally educate the world, you know, while they tune, tune in to watch one of, one of our games, which is, you know, really, really exciting in terms of uh, what we can do come October. So, yeah, we're not, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, the Bitcoin baseball team from Australia, but uh, this can be the Bitcoin baseball team for the globe. And uh, you can be anywhere in the world and tune into one of our games uh, because it, Again, the uh, the rules around our broadcast, um, and yeah, and understand how Bitcoin can be adopted by a small business, by sport, uh, yeah, by a sporting team, and uh, yeah, ha- how we're using it to uh, yeah, better ourselves as an organisation. I'm wondering uh, what is top of mind for you guys. Um, what are the what are the conversations now? Is there anything? specific uh, that is a matter of uh, focus for the Australian Bitcoin community? Yeah, I never got the pleasure to attend a uh, Bitcoin bush bash um, when I was actually living there, but I put a link in the nest. I think everybody should go and check it out. Um, From all the stories and reports I heard from the bush bashes, um, I should have gone to one, CBR in Australia. Um, check out the link I put in the nest up above um, and check out a local Bitcoin bush bash while you're there. Yeah, you need to fix that one day, Luke. I'll, I'll be back when you guys are on a Bitcoin standard. That's when I keep telling people I'll return to Australia. Hopefully by then the government will be more accepting of my uh, medical choices. Mate, I've only got about another 50 years. Hey, you're in good nick. You'll be, you've got at least 60 or 70 left in you. <laughs> that's the plan mate that's the plan keep teaching bitcoin that'll keep you young sure does keeps me keeps me interested that's for sure i think koala was about to say something i guess in the, in the local sort of region um i guess from a bitcoin development community perspective it's something exciting what i look forward to development wise is that i recently went to a conference Mackay conference and it was the future development of of the region and I raised around using um, they've got like a a bioenergy plant that they've recently developed here they've got a massive sugarcane industry and they've got like a season where they cut the sugarcane and they have a lot of byproduct called a bagasse and they use that they heat it up and it makes steam which powers these turbines and then from that they get this energy and I, I put it to him, I said, you guys here, have you heard about Bitcoin and what it is? And I'm surprised there's a lot of people in the room actually said, oh, yeah, yeah, we've heard about Bitcoin. Have you heard about Bitcoin mining and potentially how you could incorporate this into your business where you could, you know, I'm dressing, looking at Wilmar Sugar, which is the biggest industry, push the sugar mob here. And I'm excited at them as a guys, you know, you could potentially make money in the off season by using your, your bio facility the energy that you're using from that and getting the Bitcoin mining. And they was actually open to it. And um, and it was really pleasing to see. And I think if I raised that a couple of years ago, it would have been like, well, Bitcoin, what's that with Bitcoin mining? But they, they seemed, it seemed forward thinking. They seemed to be open to that sort of proposal. So I hope that across Australia, we see more of that, you know, more businesses start taking up. Bitcoin mining and then an individual is good and it's great, individual sovereignty and individual Bitcoin mining, but I mean, get more businesses, you know, regions getting into it, you know. 
how do you guys feel about uh, maybe uh, open it up to, to to the audience to maybe come up here and have a conversation with you, ask questions, and, uh, and have maybe some comments? Are we cool with that? Excellent. I'm seeing a lot of uh, emojis. Mus RX, uh, how you doing, man? Welcome to to the panel. I know a few few of you guys from uh, Bitcoin Brisbane. Um, I've been to a couple of Stefan's meetups in Sydney and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm pretty bearish on Bitcoin in Australia as a whole, but very bullish on Bitcoin. Um, I'm looking to relocate in the next couple of years. Well, ASAP, really. Um, have you guys back to New Zealand? Have you guys heard more about this digital nomad visa in Bali? Because that's going to be quite um, attainable for Aussies. It's quite close, quite convenient. Thoughts on that? Tell us more, Mars. Well, there's a five-year tax-free digital nomad visa that's launching in Indonesia. So you can go and live there and work there as long as your income's coming from outside. It's recently announced probably about three weeks ago. And um, I'm thinking that's going to be a good good spot to hunker down and hold out until the uh, Australian government gets their shit together and starts allowing um, Bitcoin to be a bit more mainstream. That's a that's a good plan. I I, I like it. Um, as as an Australian refugee, I, I fled earlier in 2022. Um, I I went to uh, Mexico initially. Um, I I like. I like Mexico. I, li- I like Latin America and America. Um, just because if you talk about hunkering down, uh, like I-, I think over the next few years, you want to be prepared for anything. Um, Australia is actually a country that geographically is prepared for all sorts of situa- situations. Has massive land mass, grows its food there, has a good climate. So I don't know. Something I thought about when I was leaving Australia was, okay, the, the country or the continent I'm going to leave Australia for, I want to go somewhere that also has good geography, good climate, and isn't reliant upon food imports. So so, so for me, Latin America ticks a lot of boxes. Um, and there's also lots of little countries in Latin America that have much more friendly laws and regulations if you value bodily autonomy and, and freedom in that respect. So uh, that's my thoughts on on leaving Australia and other countries around the world. Yeah, and I might just add, yeah, I saw that um, Nomad program as well. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I I recommend um, checking out an episode I did with Rigel talking about Bitcoin nomadism and stuff like that. Uh, it's obviously not for everyone, but I think definitely for people looking for a bit more freedom or certain different aspects and different experiences or different uh, lower tax rates, let's say, or different opportunities, I think that can definitely be really appealing. So it just depends what you're looking to do. Like if you're able to, especially if you're able to work remotely or especially if you are able to set up a remote business, then, yeah, doing the nomad thing or expat thing might be worthwhile. I mean, for me, I'm I'm now in Dubai and finding it pretty good overall. Uh, and we have a little scene here in Dubai that we're growing. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd be open to it. You know, if I were you, I'd I'd I'd, I'd definitely have a look. Yeah, good stuff. That, sorry, dude. There you go. Here, I'm all done. I just want to bring that uh, visa up. 
No, thanks for bringing that up. I, I honestly didn't even know about that. And um, thanks for doing the episode too, too sister. Ah, Stefan, that was a really good episode. Something um, that I would say to people who haven't left Australia, um, I was very hesitant to leave because I heard it would be nearly impossible to travel um, uh, with the medical status that I had. Um, but it's actually a lot easier than you think it is. Um, so if, if you are in Australia... And if you do feel like you're kind of trapped um, and everybody's saying it's impossible to travel, I, I, I didn't find it was as hard as um, many people said it was. The geopolitical situation um, is one to keep an eye on as well down this area of the world. But you probably don't want to get into that today. It's probably not the topic. It's, not much, it's one of those things we can't implement. It, it can't influence too much either, Muzz. So it's... Like you say, it's just one of those things you've got to keep a rough eye on. Well, thanks, uh, Mus RX. Uh, we're gonna let the uh, Queensland Hoddle uh, ask his question or uh, contribute with a comment. Uh, welcome. Uh, just wanted to raise something slightly uh, different from a different perspective. So, I um, I actually work in our fintech industry. Um, recently moved from from Queensland uh, down to the Sydney area, um, but uh, we're actually um, fortunate in Australia to have an incredibly advanced uh, fintech scene uh, compared to the rest of the world. So, I mean, I used to live in the US. Oh, it's not necessarily a question, but, um, you know, just a comment that we have an incredibly advanced uh, fintech sort of scene here. So, um, in terms of payments infrastructure and, and, and just going forward in terms of, say, you know, QR code payments, we can transition your you know, Bitcoin or whatever other assets you have into fiat if you wanted to make those type of payments. Um, I think that will help to accelerate adoption just as a use, uh, you know, as a use case for Bitcoin. I have to say, I love your bio. Um, <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> boating accidents. <laughs> uh, it's actually, um, funnily enough, um, I use uh, I use Bitteru now. So um, I can actually have said boating accidents uh, via the Lightning Network with every um, with every uh, DCA I make. So um, uh, yeah, shout out to, to to those guys for for getting the Lightning Network onto their exchange. Thanks, Queensland uh, uh, Hoddle, for your contribution here. Uh, does Australia have one or several uh, Bitcoin only exchanges where where people can only get Bitcoin, or or do do they still have to go through? You know these regular exchanges where where there's a variety of uh, shit coins that they have to sift through. Um, I'll just contribute by saying that uh, Bitaru is um, is a Bitcoin only exchange, um, and one of the reasons I use them is because the KYC for slightly smaller um, acquisitions of Bitcoin is is lower than um, than say Binance or any other larger exchanges. So you don't have to give your tax file number over. Um, if, you're, if you're just buying, you know, a regular amount for, you know, that sort of a pleb would buy. Yeah, I've got to second that. And um, when orange pilling folks, uh, that's certainly where I direct them so that they don't get distracted by all the other shit out there. Perfect. So you, you heard if you're an Aussie, you want to get into it. It's Bitteru where you want to start your journey. And, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, I, I make it clear that I'm not shilling for this company. I have no allegiances to this company. It's just that when you hear, you know, people down on the ground 
bona fide Bitcoiners saying that, then you know you you got to take it seriously. So that's that's great. Thanks, uh, Queensland Hoddle for for that contribution, and uh, T Bone, um, Chris Brown. Uh, I believe you were up here once. Uh, do you do you have? Uh, is your connection better now? Yeah. Good day, guys. Uh, just a big shout out to all the guys out there from the Perth Big Corners. I mainly wanted to jump on and uh, touch base with the the Perth Heat. And um, yeah, I know the Perth Big Corners are pretty keen to get down there at the start of the season and support these boys. And um, yeah, pretty excited to buy a beer on Lightning. It's uh, good times. Uh, cheers, Chris. Yeah, we're, we're we're looking forward to it as well. So um, yeah, we're. Uh... We're excited to be able to uh, bring this to uh, to the ballpark from October and uh, and and, and uh, show our hospitality and uh, and and even the world uh, what's possible at the uh, at the first sports stadium uh, yeah globally that uh, will accept Bitcoin payments not only for beers, hot dogs, merchandise, ticketing, um, but with a couple of the other things that would uh, plans we've got which we're uh, just in the process of finalising now. So um, yeah, there's a few more. Larger scale announcements to come between now and uh, throwing the first ball um, late October. So, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I just wanted to say a big shout out to Stefan um, regarding the Perth Big Corners. I was just having a chat with him at the last meetup regarding bringing my accountant down uh, regarding the super, which was brought up not too long ago. I'd just like to, I think it was about 2018, 2019, which you did uh, one of your podcasts, which pretty much changed my life regarding the knowledge of being able to in, uh, invest your super into BTC on uh, on my journey. And I, I still think it is a very undertouched topic amongst the big corners. A lot of people don't realise that you you can do it. And I find uh, it's a very good way to orange pill uh, my friends, especially in the construction industry, because uh, a lot of them don't realise that you can contribute your super to your BTC um, long-term journey. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting as well because, um, in a way, you're taking. Because think about what a lot of people super money. So, for people who don't know, super is the compulsory retirement savings for Australians, uh, and similar to four hundred one k in the US. Um, and so, the interesting thing there is, if you think about where most people's super money is, it's in typically stocks, maybe a little bit of property, but also government bonds. So, if you're actually doing a Bitcoin super fund or doing a self-managed super and putting um, Bitcoin, your super into Bitcoin instead, you're kind of taking it away from bonds and putting it into Bitcoin. So it's like a, it's an interesting defection, uh, an interesting strategy that, uh, you know, a lot of people could consider. I didn't do it myself personally, just because I knew that it would create issues around like my personal tax situation and stuff like that. But for many people who are just staying in Australia, it's actually not a bad strategy to accumulate um, some more sats. Yeah, correct. I'll I'll just put my personal hat on uh, for this answer, and yeah, I'm I'm happy to uh, say my uh, self-managed super has a, uh, a a fair portion of uh, of BTC in it. Uh, obviously, to set up yeah a self-managed super, you need to um yeah tick a couple of boxes, and I yeah, still have, I, I guess a uh, a managed yeah uh, portfolio. But uh, yeah, what a great way to uh, plan for the future and having uh yeah sets in your self-managed super. All right, uh, we're going to uh, head o- over to, to Ben Howard, uh, according to his profile, founder of PayBDC, Australian UX designer. Uh, 
thanks for joining us. Uh, do you have a contribution to to the guests here? Hi there. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I just thought I'd join in. Uh, I've spent some time in El Salvador a few months over there, and uh, I was one of those people that escaped um, back in 2020 uh, to get the hell out of there for a while while it all sort of blew over. So I thought it was pretty pretty uh, cool to join in and uh, chat with you guys about um, places to live. And But yeah, I, I run um, BBTC. Uh, it's a Bitcoin-only exchange uh, where the Australia's only non-custodial Bitcoin in the exchange. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, been running for about three years. And, yeah, I've just been a nomad ever since running that and promoting Bitcoin wherever I go, uh, helping people learn to financially independent um, using Bitcoin. And, yeah, yeah, just cruising through life. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate the uh, the comments. Uh we're going to move to uh, Mayrick Dabs. How you doing, man? Do you have a contribution today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to speak. I just wanted to know, like, uh, is there any way of, like, finding work in the Bitcoin space here in Australia? Yeah, so there's bitcoinerjobs.com. And that's actually a project by Swan, but it's it's got its own brand. It's called Bitcoin and Jobs. So you can go there. And a lot of the jobs there are actually remote. So that's definitely a good place to start. Uh, I've written an article as well to kind of give a few tips. Generally, my advice and tips would here would be to have some kind of portfolio where you show something you've done whether that's and it doesn't have to you don't have to be a developer like you, you can show other things that you've contributed and typically the way it works in this space is if you've shown that you've done certain contributions your your chances in terms of getting a paid role or a sponsorship or something for it are much higher so th those are kind of the high level things of course going to bitcoin meetups and conferences those are good chances to network and meet potential future employers or future employees as well um but you know, it's it's not for everyone, to be clear. For some people, they may be better off just stacking fiat and just buying Bitcoin. But for other people who absolutely want to work in the space and they're willing to take a pay cut to do it, you know, and I've, I know a lot of people who, are, who were in that situation. And so, yeah, I would say look at bitcoinerjobs.com uh, and try to make connections in the space, make friends in the space and um, contribute in some way. And then that will really help you get noticed and get employed or sponsored in some way. Yeah, we definitely, um, Bitcoin, bitcoinjobs.com is great. And we've really found most of our um, team through, you know, specialized telegram groups, but also at meetups around the world and along with bitcoinjobs.com. Um, you can really find some people that are genuinely in the space and, and know what they're talking about. So that's where we look. Hey, thanks for the question. And yeah, like, you know, that that's the one thing about, uh, about all of this is, uh, you know, get, get busy doing, get busy doing, get busy moving and, and, and start making some connections. And it's because I think the way that, you know, everybody in the Bitcoin space operates is, is on proof of work. Right. So, so guys, um, so I know that um, we've been going for about an hour and a half here. Uh, Want to be respectful of your time. So I think that um, you know, unless anybody else has um, any questions, uh, I want to maybe move towards um, maybe some some summary, closing up arguments or closing up comments, and making sure that everybody 
Um, and, or if you have any projects that you want to maybe uh, let everybody know about what you're working on either here in Australia uh, or sorry, either where you are as an Australian or in Australia, you know, now is the time. So, uh, yeah, so I'm going to open it up. Um, um, uh, Luke, why don't you start us off? Uh, yeah, so firstly, thanks everyone for coming and uh, sharing all the stories and knowledge about the Australian Bitcoin community. Um, I have been informed just now that there's five Bitcoin only exchanges in Australia. So you have Amber, which was started by uh, former Australian uh, Spetsky. Uh, you had Bitaroo, Fast Bitcoins, Hard Block, and Pay BTC. So apparently we are very spoiled for Bitcoin only options for anyone listening in. Um, and yeah, thank you all for coming. It was great to talk to you all. Perfect. Thanks, Luke. Uh, uh, Ozzy, send us off with a, with a few good things here. Thanks for having me, Jaime. It's been good. Just keep stacking everybody. Work towards becoming self-sovereign and keep building. And start Thanks. mining. And when you do start mining, ask Ozzy for help. <laughs> yeah, that's it. T-Bone, it's your turn. Yeah, I just want to say that uh, in my, I guess, previous industries, we're coming up to around about the time of the year where people start to get their annual pay rise, uh, which traditionally is, you know, these days it's going to be about, I don't know, maybe 1%, maybe a little bit less than 1%. So I think it's about time people are going to start really waking up to uh, what inflation does um, and they're going to start realising that um, unless they're getting a 20% pay rise, they're, they're definitely falling behind. So uh, it's going to be interesting times ahead, and uh, I think that alone will, will help promote Bitcoin in Australia at least, and uh, uh, people will start looking for another, another option uh, for saving money. So uh, it's exciting times. Um, but, yeah, thanks for having me, and, uh, yeah, it's been a good chat. Thanks, T-Bone. Uh Bitcoin Koala. Yeah, guys, just uh, thanks for having me. Luke, it's been a pleasure, uh, as always, hearing all you lovely people talk. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to one day we're having the sort of um, like strike or fold or maybe even amber. Because uh, love, people love the flyby cards. The flybys over here is like the rewards cards. It'd be good to just go out there, spend my... I see it. Yeah, from my job, I see it job. Just go in there, buy my, my milk and eggs, my paper, and just getting rewards back in Bitcoin. So I'm waiting for the day that I can go out there and just go and spend my money, but then get my, my sats and stack sats with my uh, rewards card, like I do my flybys card that I get when I go out to Coles or Woolies to do my weekly shopping. So looking forward to that. But yeah. You know, just keep stacking sats, DCA guys, I mean, and you can have good days and bad days, but just look at the long term. It's all it's all worth it at the end. But, yeah, no, thanks for having me again, guys, and you have a, a wonderful weekend. Thanks, Bitcoin Koala and uh, Stephen. Uh, cheers, guys. No, it's been an uh, enjoyable afternoon uh, chatting to the community. So, uh, yeah, on behalf of the organisation, um, yeah, thanks to everyone who supported the Perth Heat uh, yeah, since November. 
uh, yeah, but the journey's just begun, so we look forward to welcoming you all uh, to the ballpark uh, over the Australian summer. And uh, I know uh, Patrick's had to uh, jump offline here, but for uh, myself also to, to trick uh, our chief Bitcoin officer, I think it's the uh, the first one of its kind in the world. Uh, yeah, he, he's been phenomenal for our organisation. So, um, yeah, really, really uh, thankful that we've got someone um, with his knowledge uh, within, you know, the baseball uh, club. So, uh yeah, thanks to everyone, and we look forward to uh, connecting with you further uh, yeah, in the months to come. Thanks, Stephen. And uh, last but not least, Stefan. Yeah, thanks for having us. I guess final tips I would leave for people are do what you can to help teach people that it's about regular ongoing stacking. And as actually a resource for people that's out there, if you're interested, check out this site. I had it made. It's called stacksat.info. And what it does is it shows you what you would have done if you did an initial lump sum and a weekly DCA amount, and it compares that against the S&P 500 or against gold. So that might be a handy side just to show people just visually, hey, this is what you would have got if you just started stacking regularly. And it's about trying to grow the base, whether that's growing the meetup group and growing the number of people who are hodling. So those are the tips I'll leave you with there. And thanks again for having me. It was great to chat with everyone. Thanks, Stefan. Uh, Lucas, and I'll kick it over to you here as uh, kind of a, a, a chief organizer behind the scene. Any last uh, words before we close out the space? Thank you so much, everybody. Super nice to see you again. It was quite interesting to hear how Perth, how you guys are getting started. I didn't know that you hadn't been able to play yet. So I'm really curious to hear what's going to happen when the season gets started in October. Uh, that's really interesting. And um, see you all out there. Thank you. And I just want to thank everybody for making the time. You know, uh, like for me, it's uh, th this is a hobby. This is how I educate myself and, and really get to know what everybody else is doing in, in terms of uh, Bitcoin uh, adoption everywhere else outside of uh, my own jurisdiction. I know that sometimes we tend to be super hyper focused on what's happening in our own community and we forget about what's happening everywhere else. But Australia is definitely a, a place where, uh, you know, Bitcoin, there's a lot of Bitcoiners. There's a, a, a really good core of uh, influential Bitcoiners and, and Maxis who are moving the space forward. And uh, and so it was really good to hear about you guys' story um, and how things are progressing and, and how you see things um, happening on the ground. So once again, thank you. Uh, the space, of course, is recorded and podcasted. So if you want to check it out later on. Um, but uh, yeah, on behalf of myself and all the other plebs who uh, organize these uh, spaces and uh, giving coverage to all the different countries around the world who are experiencing uh, Bitcoinization, I uh, want to thank you for listening, participating, and um, yeah, we'll see you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hosting, dude. Global Bitcoin Fest. Celebrating Bitcoin adoption with Bitcoin communities worldwide.